we believe life is precious. This is it. We've got one shot at this. It's on us to live life to the fullest, to maximize what we've been given and play the game of life at our full potential. Are you living up to your potential? Are you frustrated that despite your best intentions, you just can't seem to make the changes needed to take things to the next level so you can impact your career, relationships, and health? If this is hitting home, you're in the right place. Our mission is to open the door to the exceptional life by showing you how to play the game of life at a higher level. So you're playing at your full potential rather than at a fraction as most people do. We'll share the one thing that once we learned it, our lives were transformed. And once you learn it, watch what happens. Welcome to Think It, Be It, the podcast. I'm Kelly Hatfield. Hey, and I'm John Mitchell. So today the topic is finding the emotional hook in your marketing for your business. Um, this is this is such a powerful idea. And Kelly, I know you uh, just got a big client. Um, we were talking about it off air a, a minute ago. Um, so tell me, what was the emotional hook that got the client to sign on the dotted line, in your opinion? Well, uh, let me just real quick speak to, we just recorded an episode about influence and seeking first to understand. Mm. And I think that's where this starts. So this this client came as a result of, uh, or the introduction came as a result of uh, another connection that I had. So we sat down and met and understanding really, you know, what is their pain? You know, mm-hmm. um, right. what is, uh, what will it mean for them to not have these key roles filled? How will it impact their ability? So listening and hearing what their goals are, their goals are to grow by three times in the next three years, they're going to triple, you know, and they've got a very strategic plan. Well, what is, what does it mean if these strategic roles aren't filled? How is that going to impact things? Who do you then have to report to and tell that you're not hitting your, you know, your, what does that feel like when you're not hitting those numbers or when you're not, um, you know, and then on the, on the reverse side of that, what does it feel like when you're hitting every single one of your targets from a hiring standpoint and then how that impacts everything else? Um, so really it too was about getting into the head of the actual individual that was the decision maker and really understanding where, what their world um, was how meaningful it was going to be to, you know, um, have these positions, just to have this off their plate and to not have to worry about it and have the experts take care of it and, and just know that this was going to be taken care of for him. So so you had mentioned that you took him to to dinner and, and that you knew uh, after that dinner that you had him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about that dinner. What 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 did you get into that? The, the same stuff you're ta- just now talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think the same stuff. Also, you know, finding some common ground. You know, um, I think people like to do business with people they like, mm-hmm. you know, right. and who right. they begin to trust. And um, so I think it was just getting to know each other, um, mm-hmm. getting to know the history and the story of our company, knowing then that they were going to be in the right hands. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that they were going to have their needs taken care of. Um, so. Well, how, how did you explain the difference between you, you and other companies in your space? Yeah, I think for, for us, it's, there's a few things that speak for themselves. And one 
is that we've had our recruiting team that we continue to build on the has been with us for, you know, um, almost as long as we've been in business. So we've got a 10 year team of people that know what they're doing. They know the difference between, you know, a mechanical engineer for an aerospace company and a mechanical engineer for an HVAC. Like there's right. They know their stuff. Right. And, um, you know, so that's number one. Number one is that number two is that our cultures are aligned. We're aligned. I'm not in a position where I have to do business with anybody that we don't want to do business with. We don't do business with assholes. You know what right. I mean? So like, um, <laughs> isn't that your mission statement? It is. It is our mission statement. That's our mantra. <laughs> you know, so I think too, it was making sure that we're in alignment you know, with one another, that their values and his values were aligned with ours and that we were going to be set up to be successful. So as much as it was about him learning about us, it was about me interviewing him to determine whether they were the right fit for us, because we're not going to take an account where we're not going to be successful. Just not. And we're not in a position where we have to work with everybody if we don't want to. You know, maybe that was the real hook, though, is the alignment of values. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you get him to explain what his values are and you explain what yours are. And there there. That's why it all probably came together. Don't you think? I think so. And I I think, too, I kind of have a no nonsense kind of approach. It's like this is who we are. This is what we can do. You know, um, I would say exactly what I just said. We're not interested in working with assholes. So are you? Right. One? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful how, you know, you sort of beat around the bush on that. Uh, <laughs> and I think, um, you know what people find the directness refreshing. I do it with a sense of humor. So right. yeah, there's, right. a, you know, there's just a different energy to it. And so I think that that's, you know, um, that's part of it, but it is that alignment of values. And it says, I, I ask for exactly what I want. And I say exactly what I need from them to be yeah. successful right out of the gate. So there are very clear expectations of one another. And we can either, you know, uh, come into alignment on those two things or you don't. And if you yeah. don't, that's OK. We don't need to work together. But I'm so glad we had this dinner and that we can stay in touch right. and maybe serve each other in other ways up the road. But right. um, that's kind of my approach to it. And so I think that, um, you know, that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think about this relative to think it be it. And I see uh, here's the emotional hook with think it be it. This is only for people that are high achievers. Mm-hmm. Literally only about 2% of the people in, in the world are high achievers, in, in my opinion. And, and I know you and I have talked about this forever. And, um, and therefore, um, I see that the emotional hook is when I, when I, somebody's really inquiring about think it be it, I, I, I'll ask them, are you a, a high achiever? And, and, you know, I'm doing that because as we've learned from Caldini and the uh, six principles of influence, he talks about how you have to, uh, he calls it persuasion, and so you have to get them thinking about whatever you're going to try and influence them on. You got to think, get them, uh, you know, uh, uh, persuaded before you launch into it. So that's that's always a good question: is go. So are you a high achiever? And most people, I think, oftentimes will go, "Yeah, I I uh, I see that I am," and then 
then now here's where the emotional hook goes, comes in. I go, um, well, you may not realize this, but, but literally, uh, the vast majority of people are playing the game of life at 10 to 20% of their potential. Um, well, when you say that to a high achiever, that's a problem. That's an emotional hook. Now, if you say that to someone that's not a high achiever, it's not a, it's not a problem. You know, mm -hmm. I have a, I have a, a number of friends that, uh, if I said, uh, you may not realize this, you're, you're playing the game of life at 10 to 20% of your potential. They go, Hey, that's fine. No problem. They may not be quite that, you know, forthcoming about it, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't uh, be an emotional hook, but for that high achiever to discover that they're playing at, uh, at 10 to 20% of their, uh, their potential, that's a huge emotional hook. And then where I go from there is I go, it's because uh, uh, most people have a, a, a false belief about success. They believe they control their daily actions. When in fact, 95% of your daily actions are unconscious. All you control are your intentions. And, uh, and you know, when you sort of hit them with that, now you've got, you've got that emotional hook planted. And, um, you know, I just was talking to one of our clients, uh, in Iowa, uh, before we did this. And, uh, I was so proud of him because he's, he's taken our, our, you know, our coaching so, so well, and, uh, he's putting his marketing plan together and I'm, I've been coaching him on this idea that you, you've got to figure out the false belief around your product and uh and that's how you need to market the business because that's not how most people market their business they basically most people say you know we're in this business we're great we're better than anybody else you need to use us well that's a formula that will not work mm -hmm. what will work is is articulating you have a false belief about our business and they'll probably go, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And then you explain to them um, uh, why it's false. Now you're getting at that emotional hook. They're they're interested in you for some reason, but you know you're really getting at that emotional hook. And I think that the the lesson from all this is that um, in this world of clutter, unless you figure out your emotional hook. You can never be effective at marketing. Do you, you think that's true? Yeah. I mean, I 100% think that's true. And I think it, you know, it's even getting more emotional than do you feel like you're a high achiever? Yeah, I'm a high achiever. Do you know that operating 10 to 20%? It's like understanding too. And, you know, we've gone through this and so much of the uh, the the different studying that we've done and, and what we've applied is um, high achievers, most high achievers, are beating themselves up because they know they have more mm -hmm. um, to offer and they're not. And right. they're picking themselves like they are sad. Like there's something that's sabotaging them from taking that next step forward, that next step. And so uh, most of the people I've talked to who've gone through our program, who've been clients or whatever, myself included, when you and I first met, right. like I knew 
I had more to offer and was really frustrated that I wasn't showing up the way that I needed to show up so that I could access that next level of success. Right. And I think most people have that longing, you know, um, uh, that we're, that we talk to that are, that are higher achievers at heart, have that longing to contribute, to make more of an impact. And you know, so that's ask, a great point. Yeah. Asking that question. I mean, I would lay in, in bed awake at night, just kicking myself going, I know I have more gas in the tank. Why did I sit and watch, you know, two hours of Netflix when I could have been sitting and doing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Things like that. That's how people, you know, are thinking. And then you turn around and say, so you, people are like, yeah, that's me. Totally. Then you can turn around uh, and say, did you know that it's not your fault? Yeah. Yeah. You know, did you know that, you know, um, your subconscious is responsible? Like you don't control your actions. You control your intentions and helping them understand that. You know, because that's emotional. It's not my fault. Because remember, John, when we talked and I understood, I began to understand all of this and study and, and work with you. And it literally was a weight lifted off of my shoulders because I felt like um, relief because I'd spent so much time beating myself up. And I'm like, right. and I remember saying, I wish I'd known this, you know, 20 years ago, it would have right. saved me a lot of, you know, with understanding how the brain works and its impact on my life and the actions that I take and how to overcome and override that. Um, but nobody teaches that in school. We were just talking about this, I, and, I, you know. Um, so anyway. Well, you know, think think back when we first met, how effective it would have been. Of course, you know, the context of of, of we met on your uh, podcast. So, so we do, you do that, the interview of me and we get, uh, connected, but think how powerful it would have been if I was enlightened enough at that time, uh, to, to take this idea that you're playing at 10 to 20% of your potential. But instead of saying that to you saying, so Kelly, do you, do you ever lay at bed in, at night and, uh, uh, think there's more in the tank that your news not playing to your potential. If I had said that in terms of a question, you would have been, Oh my God, yeah. he's, he is in totally my, influencing me. Yeah, totally. I would have been like, you creep. How'd you know? How'd you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so, you know, that's the other thing on this idea of the emotional hook um, is I see how powerful it is that you're going to influence people by questions, not, not by what you tell them, but by questions. And the, and the sooner you can get into questions, the better off you are. Just like the client, new client you got, you got them from questions, not telling them how great you were, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the first things that I do when I sit down in a meeting with someone I'm just like, hey, let's just set the table here. What are you hoping to get out of this conversation today? What would you like yeah. to learn? What would you, I know what I want to learn. You know, I'm, yeah. I want to make sure that when we leave today, that we've covered everything that you want to um, know and understand about. Mm -hmm. um, like, so that's the first thing. So then I'm like, they're like, no, some of, you know, some people, when I ask that question are like, um, that in and of itself is so different mm -hmm. when with what they've experienced that I've already got them at that right. question you know, because it's so different than, you know, so many people's approach. But but once I have that, it may be that they don't want to know, like they've researched our company, everything yeah. is great. They, so why would I waste my time 
um, or theirs talking about stuff that doesn't matter to them. What matters to you? And getting to the heart of that right out of the gate. Um, right. And it's so different than what most people do. It's why, uh, you know, there's books about how to how to do this and how to influence people because it can be a total game changer in your life and in your business when you learn how to do this. You know, I, I know you and I, I've talked about this uh, a lot, how oftentimes when you're with other people, they never ask you about you. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I'm like, uh, boy, I hope I'm not one of those people. I make it a point to, you know, especially in my visualization, be other people focused and what a, what a change that is. Uh, and, and it's all about, uh, you know, influencing people. Um, but in the, and the book, uh, how to win friends and influence people, uh, as I was you know, mentioning to you before we uh, went on the air, uh, I'm uh, expanding what I do with the athletes at the University of Texas. And by God, I'm going to I'm making them read that book. We're going to read that book. We're going to uh, go over uh, that. E- even in the current class I have at the University of Texas, I teach them, you know, the power of saying a person's first name. And I then give them the assignment that for the next two days, when you're out and about, I want you to get people's first name and say uh, the conversation, say in your conversation with them and report back to me the effect. And they're always uh, blown away with it, you know. And uh, and and then the other idea of of just looking at things from the other guy's point of view and and Kelly it's just so amazing to hear what they come back and say, you know, anybody who's listening right now, I want you to think about a person in your life that has made a tremendous impact on you, you know, Um, and, and what is it that made them have that impact on you? Mm-hmm. So really think about that more than likely. It's going to be how they made you feel. And so many times um, that's in how you show up. It's in making that person feel like they're the only person in the room asking questions like some of the greatest influencers, orators, um, leaders are um, people who when you are with them, like best coaches, they are like locked into you. Nothing else around them exists. They're mm-hmm. 100% where their feet are and locked into you from a present standpoint. So I think that um, if you can learn that, you know, if you can, I mean, talk about setting yourself apart from the competition, talk about uh, that's just from a, a, a competitive advantage in business and in whether you own a business or whether you're a leader or whether you're in a company, but let's just talk about the quality of your relationships you know, and the difference that that makes. Um, And in my visualization, that's one of my, where I have trained myself for that to be one of my superpowers is to, for, to, to, for people to feel seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And that when I leave with an interaction, they feel a little bit better for whatever reason, maybe they can't even quantify it. They just feel a little bit better. And I think um, you do that by being present and you do that by asking questions and being more interested than interesting. And right. the same thing goes with mar- the same thing goes with marketing. That's a great point. That is truly a great point. And, and uh, Kelly, you know, the way I, I apply this whole concept of the emotional hook uh, 
in my life is in my visualization. I, uh, I, I have <clears throat> through a, a, a thinking session, one of your two times a week thinking sessions, I figured out in detail, what is the emotional hook? So then in my visualization, I put in, with regards to think it be it, that it's, um, <clears throat> it's first of all, to ask them if they're a high achiever. So I set the, the plate for it. And then I, I go after the thing that, that I know is the hook, which is to a high achiever, not playing to their potential or having more in the tank that they're not realizing. And so, uh, and the power of putting it in that visualization is that when I'm out in the, the world, then it happens automatically without thinking. And, I, and I'm cluing myself in to ask questions around this as opposed to spouting, you know, tons of things uh, uh, to them. So, mm -hmm. no, I love that. I think that that's um, so powerful. So, OK, well, this has been good. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening today. If you've had your own aha moment from today's episode, send me or John an email. We'd love to share your epiphany with our audience. So email us at kelly at thinkitbeit.com or john at thinkitbeit.com. In the meantime, live the exceptional life. <laughs>